I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast, supported by Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes, made with only two ingredients, 99.9% purified water and a drop of fruit extract. From fertility to birth to taking care of ourselves, here we talk to women about their own unique experiences of motherhood. The insane joy and the anxious defeat, the love, the laughs, the tears, and the moments that we don't talk enough about. This season is supported by one of the most essential products for every mum. From that first nappy change to those messy winning months, water wipes. Winners of seven National Parenting Product Awards 2021, including Best Baby Wipes, water wipes are proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, making them ideal to help protect and gently cleanse sensitive skin. As the number one baby wipe in Ireland, together we are committed to providing more support for parents with trusted products and this podcast. episode I'm joined by Ashling Brennan, a paediatric nurse in Crumlin Hospital and mama to Angie, her fur baby, and Davy, her baby baby, with her husband 2FM's Carl Mullen. The end of maternity leave is full of emotions, excitement to reclaim our professional selves, sadness that the time with our baby is over, but also maybe some reflection on how tough it can be. We can often go into it thinking it'll be all coffees and play dates, but in reality, it can be incredibly isolating and you can feel low and lose part of yourself. For Ashling, this was a much wanted, much loved miracle baby, but that can bring its own prenatal anxieties. Add getting COVID twice during pregnancy, colic leading to months of no sleep, lockdown away from the world and her career for so long. Postnatally, she was heading for a very understandable and relatable crash. Supported by her public health nurse, Ashling was allowed the safe space that we all need to say how she was feeling and given the treatment her mental health needed to treat everything that had gone on before and allow her to enjoy the now. This is a much needed, open and honest conversation about pre and postnatal mental health, the unsaid truths of maternity leave and how this transition in our lives is so powerful that even Angie, her dog, knew Ashling needed her protection. Ashling, thank you so much for joining me on Every Mum the Podcast. Um, week two of returning to work. It is such a massive transition. How are you getting on? It's um it's it's very daunting, I will say that. Um it's definitely strained. I think week two, a lot more people are seeing me in work now. It's like, oh, how are you? How are you getting on? Um, we had the wedding as well. So there's kind of a lot of information to get out in that short space of time when I'm also being busy in work. So, um, but week two, this week, I've definitely been a lot more tired, um, I think, because I went into the weekend, just gone, and I was like, right, okay, my day's off, let's get, you know, active here, and let's do things, so coming off the weekend, I was probably a lot more tired, and then coming into Monday, I was just flat, so, um, yeah, so a lot more tired this week, and I'm a lot more busier in work and work this week as well, um, so that's all factoring in there. Davy's great. He's adjusting fine. Um, I think this week it's probably hit me more about Angie because she's had me at home for 18 months now. Um, so I'm actually, this week it's really hit me about Angie 
not having me at home and even like that my sister's looking after Davy and she's saying oh she's not really eating her breakfast she hasn't had her food yet and I was like she'll be fine she's brand she's just adjusting but I know that's what it is with her but then that makes me this week I think a bit more anxious about you know often being away from home but we all have to do it so yeah she's your first baby she is my first baby my fur baby she's my best pal um she knew I was pregnant before I knew I was pregnant so yeah she's she's the best (laughs) tell me about the relationship between like dog and baby for us it was very easy I mean when we picked or we picked Angie we kind of went through a lot of thought and we went through a lot of um rescue centers as well trying to see would we get on well with the dog would the dog fit into our family um as a, as a two-person family at that time and then um we came across Angie um there's actually a vet who who knew another vet and Angie was being born to a set of Labradors so that's how we ended up getting Angie um but of course Labradors their first two years are notorious for absolutely obliterating the house in the garden <laughs> yeah so um Angie was not even a year old when we found out that I was pregnant so we ended up having to do a full house reconstruction purely on the courtesy of Angie um, from ripping up carpets and everything um and then to be honest it's probably made us in fairness now because she completely disrupted us and the structure that we had that by the time the baby came around and by the time Davy was born we were in like okay this is what Bedlam can be and we're, we're okay with it um but in regards to Angie and Davy being together I mean we did the whole thing of we brought his first baby girl home Carl came home with that um and then I went into the house first on my first day back um and then Carl brought in Davy and she sniffed him and she was like yeah whatever and then off she went <laughs> in her merry way but since then the two of them she's been so gentle with him and um, we're now at the stage where she she gives him Angie kisses. He loves getting Angie kisses. He feeds her off the high chair. We've been told to put Angie on a diet. Um, <laughs> he looks for Angie now and he he talks to her. So the other night he was sitting in the high chair. He turned around and we have a full on conversation with Angie. And we were just sitting there being like, OK, we'll just leave the room. Um, but he really looks to her now. And I'm like, that's the relationship. That's the bond that I suppose you long for between a child and their and their pet really um so it's lovely and I think that's the part that I love about the two of them is the little bond we've actually been quite lucky there's been no kind of worrying instances or anything like that um she's just very she's a very gentle dog and I know she sometimes can have her zoomies but she doesn't ever have them near Davy you know we're very lucky yeah she's an absolute gorgeous dog like and she just seems so loved and lovable um oh but she's mayhem mayhem. tell me how she knew that you were pregnant she uh would sit she would come in uh, in the evening times and she would always sit on the couch with us um then we'd ask her to come up but she would sit literally on my hip and she she never would have done that before and she started doing that um from the middle of november uh, last year so November a year ago and we found out I was pregnant towards the end of December so she knew I was pregnant before <laughs> I knew I was pregnant um, and she just started doing it randomly she wouldn't do it with Carl um, and then she would be extra clingy like from that point she was extra clingy with me follow me to the bathroom follow me in and out to the kitchen if I was getting up she'd get up and follow me um, and she did that throughout the whole pregnancy um, 
But yeah, she even had, I'm not sure if you have knew, knew this or whether um, Carl might have shared this, but she had a salt pregnancy as well. So she, I was seven months pregnant and Carl, we found a lump just beside one of her, like her little teeth, her little nipples. And um, I would think of the worst. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so we brought her to the vets and I was sitting in the car park and Carl brought her back in and goes, do you want the news? And I was like, no, tell me the news tell me and he was like well it's nothing sinister we're like right okay but he said she's um he said it's actually just overproduction of milk so she had started producing milk because she knew there was changes in hormones going around um so the vet said it's it's like a false pregnancy it's called nesting so the garden had started to become absolutely obliterated um, she was digging a lot more and they said she was digging because of her hormones were making her feel hot so she was digging to cool her down um, she was following me everywhere so they said to become extra clingy and then once I had the baby those hormones started to settle down then again with her but yeah just never I never thought or never knew that it could happen but she knew the changes that were happening so she started producing milk for my baby oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, like that yeah. is just so that is just so amazing, though, how yeah. they're so part of you and they they're way more intuitive than we are as humans. Yeah, like, effectively, she produced milk before I started producing milk. <laughs> but isn't that yeah. like a protectiveness as well? You know, she wants, she wanted to provide for this baby yeah. and keep it safe and keep it alive and feed it. Yeah. And I think she's she would still do that now today. Like, I mean when I was heavily pregnant I was still walking or I'd bring her to the doggy park like we would have done every day and as I got later on in pregnancy I think about eight week or month eight and month nine um she started to kind of she wasn't threatening or anything with other dogs but because I was in the doggy park she just wanted to be closer to me and if any dogs would come closer to me she was like oh get away from her um she just wants to mind me um and so that's at that point it's like okay I can't go into the doggy park anymore because it's not fair on her she's not playing the way she'd normally play um but no total instinct was there from day dot to be honest with you you made her you made her broody oh 100 (laughs) yeah really did but uh and then I felt awful I was like oh my 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 baby yeah all my fault (laughs) but yeah so she's but she's been great so literally from November when was that 2020 um up to now she's been fabulous throughout the whole pregnancy and we're now 11 months of baby tomorrow so yeah she's been fantastic this might sound like a really stupid question but I don't have a dog okay I would love a dog I do not have a dog um I also don't have children that sleep okay so how did you cope if she was to let out this like massive bark just when you're like trying to get baby to go down we Angie's not really very lucky Angie's really not a barking dog she'll bark if something is coming that looks strange or is threatening to her or to us um there's only been about two instances I think where she has barked um and in fairness now if David does wake at night and we're up with him for a bit and then we get back into bed she's like oh they sound like they're having fun up there I'll bark and I'll bark again so she'd bark then but it would never disturb Davy. Okay. it disturbed Davy once and he got a fright he woke up and I think she learned her lesson then because like, she realized that, oh, he's after waking up. And then all she wanted to do, she was actually just protecting him. She saw a reflection coming in through the window. There was kids swinging on the tree outside and she could see the reflection of that, the shadow of that, I suppose. And she's like, oh, that looks strange. So she barked because she was protecting him. Oh, that all okay. came up. And then she was like, right, OK. So she knows now that she doesn't bark 
hear him when he's sleeping. So, um, and she, we didn't tell her, she just learned that herself because she knew, okay, he's upset, he's crying. So she's very intuitive. Yeah, she's very, very intuitive. Can so. you tell sleep is a priority of mine? Mainly because I just, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't had any, I haven't had any in a long time. A long time. But, um, how are you adjusting to the early mornings? Because as a family, when a baby arrives, of course, you know, we all have to figure out a new, new way of doing things. Yeah. Um, but of course there was like, you were going on mat leave, but then yeah. you know, your partner is starting this like really early job. morning job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be honest, see, I would have always had the early start starts anyway being uh like on shift work and being in the the healthcare any healthcare service I suppose um but um I think Carl going into the routine of starting the new job and going into the the breakfast show he he got into the routine of the early morning thing um for me it really didn't change things up the sleep really changed things up for me because I wasn't getting sleep in between so because Carl was up early, I was like, right, I'll take Davy on the night shift. Um, and of course, I would have had him during the day as well. So I really was doing the brunt of, of the mm. nights um, for the first four and a half months. And Davy, Davy's a really good sleeper now. Um, but the first four and a half months was mm. just horrific. Um, he just he never wanted he never slept. He didn't want to be put down. He was a baby that just needed to be on you. Be, yeah and to be constantly you need to be moving um for those four and a half months so I definitely crashed a little bit during those four and a half months um but after we got past that stage it's like right no need to get out of it now and he got into a really good routine um and he sleeps great now like we're we're really lucky with how he sleeps um but the early morning starts were difficult because I would have taken the brunt of the the nights shall we say yeah and that's I think that's the thing when it comes to the dynamic of family and yeah you know the ebb and the flow of change I definitely would have found I crashed at about month five for some okay. reason I can a bit like you in the returning to work I can like the adrenaline in the first while something Pumps fuels me yeah, yeah something fuels me and then it's kind of like crash mode how like did you have to kind of have a good chat with yourself and be like this is unsustainable like how I... can I look after you uh I suppose yeah I to be honest the first four and a half months I had to sit down to myself and in fairness I've said it to a couple of my friends that have had babies since I said to be honest that phase as people can say the newborn phase can be amazing and the first couple of months can be amazing they can be but you almost have to talk yourself into it so I wasn't catching a break in those four and a half months Mm. and I, I did sit down to Carl I think we were the first month in and I said to Carl, I was like, I had to sit myself down today, Carl, and say, I can't be feeling this way to my mat leaf. Like, I want to enjoy it. So I'm making a conscious decision to say, OK, I'm going to enjoy it today. No, I really wasn't. I really wasn't. But I had to put myself in the frame of mind. Um, and I think that helps. You just have to mm. talk myself into it. Um, but no, my turning point, I ended up, it was actually the public health nurse. Um, I wasn't, I didn't have the great... I didn't have a great postnatal experience, I suppose. Mm. Um, it was actually my public health nurse that picked up on it and then referred me on. Um, so I ended up going to for uh, postnatal treatment for postnatal depression after Davy was born. Um, but then once it like it took it takes you a couple of months, and I think to go through the whole process mm. of everything. And then once you do, you they realize you know there's different elements that can kind of cause it, whether it be sleep or so. For me in particular, it was actually prenatal. So my 
postnatal depression actually came from prenatal because I was so sick from long COVID. So for me, they said, like, realistically, now, if you ever go again to have a child, we'll have to do prenatal treatment for you. Um, so I don't think I would have picked myself up if it wasn't for that public health nurse. I'm very grateful to her because I was actually just getting quite low. And as much as I was talking myself into liking every day and enjoying every day, I was lying to myself, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, so I'm very grateful to Julie, my public health nurse. <laughs> I think it's really important to acknowledge that postnatal and prenatal and all depression, like it can be a, it can be a layering of so many factors and to get away from, you know, you in the situation feeling a certain way or not feeling a certain way about your baby and actually reflect back on, yeah, but what happened to you physically? What, how depleted were you going into the labor? How depleted were you going into months of no sleep? How socially depleted were you at the point of him arriving when you're like, well, I've been lonely for so many months because of COVID. Like, and, you know, there's a weight of expectation that we're supposed to feel a certain way on this magical mat leave. You know, expressions like, oh, you know, enjoy your time off enjoy this break isn't it great now you're yeah. off work yeah oh you'll have a great mat leave which are all your coffees and your play dates and you're like that's that's not actually the world we step into at all it's, it's not and only one of the women in work actually texted me she checked in with me I think at about my second month in and she said how are you getting on and I was like I'm grand and fine she goes it can be quite isolating can't it and I was like you've hit the nail on the head like it really can because you can plan to meet everybody but anybody that I that was off had babies as well and newborn babies at that so they were struggling as well the way I was and like okay so and so hasn't slept tonight so actually we won't and you're deferring it all the whole time so you could go the whole day and not get out for a walk or not go and meet people um and sometimes it could roll on to days you know and Mm -hmm. it just and then sometimes you don't have a shower on top of that but it can be it can be really really isolating and it's I just think, especially off the back of COVID, I think people aren't aware of how isolating, isolating it can be. And you're right. They all turn around and be like, oh, it's fantastic. But then realistically, when you've got a colicky baby, <laughs> no sleep and everything else in between, all of that, a dog that likes to rip the house apart as well, on top of everything else, it can just be, yeah, yeah, very isolating at times. This podcast is just one way that every mum can support you. Another amazing way is with our free gift bag, packed full of essentials for you and baby, including free samples of water wipes, the number one wipe against nappy rash. To receive yours, just register now on everymum.ie. There's a free gift bag there waiting for every mum. What happened when you finally could say it to the public health nurse? Or how did it feel for someone actually to sort of identify and acknowledge it in you? Like, did it feel like a bit of a release that it was like okay I can say it now um I don't think it felt a release until until a couple of weeks of me going in and out um of of treatment um but I actually when I was disclosing it to Carl I suppose I actually felt a bit of a I felt a bit of a fail like he knew and I, I told him that if I did feel a bit of a failure because I suppose I I knew I was feeling this way and I was trying so hard to get out of it and I couldn't um but he was very good like he was very supportive and listened to everything and I suppose 
now off the back of it I can kind of pick like that when I know I'm starting to go again and I'm like right okay and it's just about using the tools to kind of pull you out of it again and now I am back in work so I have a routine and I'm, it's everything's great now again from that point of view as you were saying it's multi it was multifactorial so I from the get-go when Carl and I got together we were of the the to us, David's a miracle baby. So for us, we weren't meant to be able to have a baby naturally. So David was a big surprise. We put down our deposit for the wedding on the Friday and found out we were pregnant on the Monday. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a big shock, a big surprise and a lovely one at that. Yeah. Um, so first of all, there was that. And then fairly soon, three weeks after I found out I was pregnant, I found out I got COVID and I was really sick with that. I was in hospital with that as well. And then I just couldn't get back to work because I just didn't have the energy, didn't have the strength. I was just fatigued. I then had, I would Braxton Hicks from very early on at week 16. I swelled up from week 16. They said it was just the viral load that was still in my body from the COVID. Um, And then I think when you're, when you are a pediatric nurse, you effectively, you know, the womb from the womb to the tomb. So at every week I was sitting at home knowing I know what's happening at each week at this stage and because I was so sick I was so worried as well um, and I remember being on the phone to some of the girls um, that had babies at that point and I was like how do you block all of this out and they're like you just push it aside and you just you know you're you get on you have work and everything and you're busy and I'm like yeah but I'm that's why it was weighing in on me because I wasn't in work I was sitting at home with Angie <laughs> he was my best pal um, and he is my best pal but I was sitting at home with her day in, day out. And this was just weighing on me and weighing on me. And I think the fact that even the, my GP was saying, like, the fact that you're pregnant is amazing. So we need to keep this baby in there. So I was just so worried. Just too much. And it, it was just too much. Yeah. yeah. And then I got COVID then three weeks before Davy. Again, I got COVID three weeks before Davy was born. So it was just a lot. Um, that kind of just, and we were being so careful. Like we were being the two most vigilant that we could be mm. and it just hit us twice it didn't hit him but it hit me twice um but I was three weeks after Davy being born I was back to being a new woman like and I, I healed very well mm. after giving birth um but my my head my brain didn't heal very well um but that's so what, months of worry months, months and months and months yeah. compounding worry yeah and yeah. there's no avoiding like so I was pregnant at the beginning of the pandemic and a car like the whole pregnancy the whole pregnancy is just a constant Worrying. worry yeah and it's a worry anyway you know what I mean yeah. like it's a worrying yeah. time yeah. and you are I don't know a single pregnant woman who doesn't go to the loo and look at that toilet for blood like it's just yeah it's a constant worry that we just yeah. live with add a pandemic on top of it add the fact that you know this was your miracle baby yeah and all of your norm is gone your whole normal the structure that you build around your life that makes it you just get through the day and you don't think of the stuff all of it's gone yeah all of it's gone and for me I'm very I'm very career driven um and I suppose my headset had been well look if we if we decide that we're going to have a baby so Angie was our baby and I suppose for us, we kind of had set our heads with that. Um, so this was a, a big, huge surprise. And I knew it would change me most as opposed to, and I knew it would change Carl, but I knew that there would have to be a lot of things that I would have to change. 
and we're very grateful for it and like god we love davy to bits but i'm also aware of that there is this other person that if i didn't have a baby i'd be doing this right now um now i haven't nothing has changed in work and i'm still career driven but i know it'll have to be done a different way shall we say um and at a different time um as opposed to the path that I would have wanted to do I'm just on a different path and that's okay to go on a different path to to what you want to do yeah but um, it's still hard it's, it's still diff- I think it's, it's a change of part it's a, a yeah. total for me it's a change of person yeah. and it's an identity again, shift again 100%, another one. yeah and as you were saying there like you're sitting at home worrying like I was and I was also out of my structure and then I was also saying I was also grieving the person that wasn't going to be there anymore um but I'm still there I just have a little addition a little mini me who's really a mini Carl realistically but, <laughs> and then they look like their dad and then they look like their dad exactly but uh it's a lovely change and I didn't think it would be as lovely as what it is it took me a while to adjust to it um I remember sitting down my mom I think and I think Davey was three weeks old and I was just really struggling and even today we were joking and work and they're like Ashley you were in denial that you were pregnant I'm like oh 100% I was like I am not pregnant not having a baby no not me and um I I sat down at mom at week three like you know, after having Davy, and I was like do you love them straight away mom or does it does it grow she's look she's like it happened with your sister she was straight away was like I love her and she was with you it, it grew so she's like it happens differently with every baby and I think there was a lot of that at play as well. I just felt very guilty. I felt very, I didn't feel attachment to Davy at the beginning because I was so one in denial that I was pregnant and two, I was just in such disbelief that he was here and he was so perfect. And um, it took me a while to accept that, I suppose. It's hard to let down the barrier sometimes and say they did actually get here. Like, and allow yeah. yourself to believe they are here and they are fine and I am fine and we will be fine. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, and we're great. <laughs> and we're, we're yeah, great. Like, yeah, yeah. It's because it's easier. Some, well, it's not that it's easier. It's like, I think your head, when it goes on for that long, doesn't know it's okay to say everything is safe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, the one thing that I definitely took out a treatment was and we talk there's a lot of talk about it, the real buzzword at the moment but self-compassion I'd be a real person that would be I would be there to to help people or to guide people or advise people but then if I wanted to take that advice myself I'd say good luck to you mm. um and I'd be quite I know strict that one for myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and I'd be quite strict on myself and I think a lot of women are quite strict mm. on themselves and they're quite hard on themselves and I do think social media and Instagram definitely Instagram definitely has a part to play in that and it definitely feeds into that um but it was um it was the counselor she turned around she's like you have to learn to like it's okay mm-hmm. and like at this point David just wasn't sleeping and she was like but that is okay like it, it is okay and you're nothing that you're doing is wrong mm-hmm. um he's going to be absolutely fine and in fairness like from about he was five, five and a half months. And I just started putting him into a stronger routine. And he just, he quickly flicked and he, he sleeps during the night. He's been sleeping during the night since five and a half months. So we've been very, very lucky. This um, is where I went wrong, isn't it? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> but we, we're often joking now because we're like, God, like, you know, if we are so lucky to have another, we're so lucky to have Davy, but we're so mm-hmm. lucky to have another. And they aren't, they don't follow us to how Davy has been from that five month mark 
But then I say to Carl, like, yeah, but you didn't have the other months previous where there was no sleep to be had. Um, but yeah, we were often thinking because a couple of our friends have had two babies and they're polar opposites. Some of them have been very, very busy babies. And then the second baby is just very chilled and relaxed. Whereas one of them has had a very chilled baby start and a very, you know, busy baby now. Mm. And she's like, oh my goodness, what do I do? <laughs> um, so every baby's different, aren't they? Like we say it in work as well. Every baby's different. Every mum is different. And it all will fall into place. Like, I mean, we all did it. Like we all did it for our parents. Mm. But I just think social media definitely feeds into that of like, what am I doing wrong? And you're not doing anything wrong. Like what you're doing is absolutely fine. And I just always say to Carl, like, if he's fed, his nappy's changed and he's breathing. 24 hours done. It's good day. Yeah, it's a good, good day. day. So, um, yeah, I think definitely having a bit of self-compassion is a huge thing for, for women for or for anybody that's parenting. So you just have to cut yourself some slack. And yeah, that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> you are back to work into yeah. a job that you as you described, like you're, you know, you're massively ambitious, but you're also doing something that is like really important. <laughs> like yeah. Some people get up and do jobs that they love, but they're not like, like you do something incredibly important. Like, so I can totally see why you would have been so driven by it and fueled by it. And it becomes so deeply ingrained in who you feel like you are. And it's part of your personality and your identity. And how did it feel last week? being like I'm back doing this really important job it was it was great to be back um I felt I kept saying to to some of the other nurses and to some of the patients was like it's like you go back to school after the summer and you have to learn to tame your writing back down <laughs> um you have yeah it, it felt strange it felt strange not I had to say like how do I bleep someone again or um what do I do for this again for things like that uh like just the order of things and then you're very conscious that we're coming out of a pandemic so yes the outer world is like we're not wearing masks outside or like it's it's encouraged to wear them in certain areas but in the hospitals it's still very much prevalent um so you're wearing your mask again you're still trying to keep your space but still working in that small environment um so that I actually found that daunting coming from the outside world back into the hospital setting um but then again the transition from being at home and leaving mat leave um I woke up at half six on Monday morning being like right yeah let's go um I was ready for it I think mentally I was prepared for it because I'd been off for so long it was 18 months I was dying to see the kids again with a lot of them that I was dying to see that I knew would like they're two years old or nearly and I'm like right so you're actually not in second year anymore you've done your junior cert and you're in fourth year or some of them are doing their leaving cert and I'm like I've missed everything I've missed you prepping for your leaving I've missed the studying while we're doing bits on the machine so like little bits like that I'm like I feel like I've missed so much of their lives and really I'm nothing to them but to me they're a huge part to me and my work um so I felt a little bit when I got in I was like god I've missed so much but I was dying to get back into it is the relief and I felt it when I went back after my first there there's a relief to feel like I'm me again and I've got I've reclaimed a piece of me again that yeah that that as much as I felt this emotional drain of leaving my baby and the logistical headspace of what time do I have to pick her up at and drop her off at yeah. and the snacks and the nap, you know, all of that stuff, the buzz going on in my head of like, it's exhausting. 
But yeah. there was such a liberation of actually feeling like, oh my God, I'm out in the world and I yeah. am me. Yeah. And I never really understood having a hot, what a hot coffee meant. Like I knew what it meant, but I was like, no, like I, I don't really think that really affects me. But then actually when I went into work and I had a hot coffee, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I, it just never really, I didn't put to I just didn't put it together really um but no getting back into work and as you said you're finding your identity again like I am me it was the first time people were speaking to me without Davy on my hip or I found by the time like a couple of weeks before I was going back to work I wasn't able to speak to someone directly I was kind of referring back to Davy and looking (laughs) at him the whole time and I was like oh I need to drop this so yeah it's just nice being back with people that I'm talking directly to um but yeah, it's lovely. It's really nice being back from that point of view. But yes, I miss him a lot. I really do. Like today I came home. I was like, oh my God, so good to see you. Um, and then have Angie slap around my feet as well. But yeah, it's it's it definitely a strange one. I feel very much divided. I was saying to Carol yeah. today, I feel very much divided. I think today's the first day that I felt like, oh, oh, do I really? Like, and I do, I want to work. But I just feel like there's, and again, they're at such a young age where everything is happening so quick mm-hmm. with them. Um, that I feel I'd love to be off longer so I could see all those bits but really like in the grand scheme of things like it's it's fine he needs to be away from me as well you know he needs to find other people out there Um, but today I think this week in particular I've just felt a little bit more divided about it I said to Carl I just need more babies and I just need to not work <laughs> but <laughs> so like, make it happen like let's see he watches his face but um, we're very lucky to have Davy and Angie, and that's kind of where we are at the moment. But isn't but, that isn't that such a testament to the the value of that treatment? I mean, you're yeah. talking you're talking. So he's he's what eleven months? Did you eleven say? months now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're talking maybe like seven months ago. You were in a place yeah. where it was like this is this is not. I'm not okay. Like I'm not. I'm not okay in this. This isn't what I thought it would be. Yeah. And now it's like this is all I want. <laughs> I know. And Carl's like, what have you? And I was very much, yeah, no, no babies, no babies. I think because we felt it wasn't going to happen, I yeah. blocked it out. And I think yeah. it was such a shock then when it did happen. But yeah, no, now I'm like, I'll have all the babies in the world. Now, let's see, come a couple of months down the line and let's see what would happen. But currently, I'll have all the babies in the world. Um, but It's such yeah. a gorgeous age too. It's it's they're so they're, they're so, so interactive cute. yeah and communicative and, and you're it. getting like feedback and it doesn't feel like you know like that loop of the two-hour cycle stuff isn't yeah. there anymore and you can kind of you can loosen up and enjoy it and I always felt like robbed because it's like this is the could I do it in reverse could time. I do mat leave at the beginning that's what I was as I was, I was even thinking there on the weekend and I said it to Carl I was like is there any way that like if the dads took them yeah. first but then like I suppose if you're breastfeeding that's not really conducive to the breastfeeding idea either but as I like, said they're useless great. nipples again I know I know well that's I could have used Angie but you're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> could you use Angie? um even but, Angie's being more helpful oh, I know it's, she really is but um yeah no I was only thinking about there on the weekend I was like if we could take our time off now when they are you know but they are so more in, so much more interactive. And I just love watching them interact with different people now. Like, it's not just me in the world. It's everyone else around them and how he interacts there. Um, and I just feel like I'm missing out on that and everything else that he's experiencing. So I'm really feeling it this week. But, uh, 
let's bring on week three. Like, let's see how that goes. I think there's a lot of things that they need to do to reframe Matt Leave. Like, I just feel the the dads should, the partners should have an opportunity to take that time as well and share it, split it so that either partner can pursue their career and either partner can take that time to bond because it's all on you and you just sometimes feel like as much as they're incredibly supportive and everything sometimes you just need to actually leave them for a week and like get the flow of it flow of it yeah Yeah. because it almost creates a sense of fear like I I did a couple of times that I have left Carl with Davey and Carl's great like Carl's fantastic um but it's also the fear it's the fear of and it's me being like okay I know this is due at this time and this is due at this time and um and like Carl does a great job with him like I mean he does a fantastic job with him and Davey absolutely loves being with Carl Mm. um and so what if his t-shirt is on back to front I mean that's okay you know he's alive he's fed he's watered and he's breathing so but yeah I just again it's just it's the fear of okay I have this down and this works this way and again I think that's a female thing as well that we are so systematic and we're driven that way and a lot of men aren't driven that way um so I think that's at play there as well. But how men do it or how other people do it, and it may not be systematic, it's they do it their own way and it works perfectly for them and everything else ends out the same way. Like Davy still goes down to bed at the same time when Carl looks after him. So it's again just letting go of the control she made. It's but it's but it's hard not like when you're when you're the one responsible for the that's control. It. Yeah. all the time it's really yeah. challenging to hand like, that over that's been your job for so long that's what it is yeah, yeah. that's why I just say to him it's like it's like you handing over the radio to me or like the decks to me or something he's like shut up but sure, um, he was even giving me advice there when we were just starting know, about how close yeah. to sit next to it so the next time you're like just be careful with the with, with yeah. the t-shirt and he's he's just dripped the he's dripping there with the water bottle if you could just fix yeah. that yeah so there you go you can remind him of this this is my zone this is my job yeah but yeah no um but no Carl's very very good but again it's just because I've been doing it for so long you're like oh it is it's just the fear and the worry but I've nothing to worry about childcare in 2022 bit of a oh an absolute mind (laughs) but um yeah really struggling with that that's kind of we're struggling another layer another layer another layer yeah and then like we did have a crash and then the trash crash change uh, change management and then mm. they we needed part-time um but then they only wanted full-time hours and at the time they gave me 24 hours to think about it and I was all also of the mindset of being like but I don't want to put them in full-time but actually now in hindsight and after being and now I'm in week two I'm like Do you know what I could have just put them in in full-time and then just taken them out mm. for the days um but it's still such a cost it's such a massive it's cost then cost that's it and that's the thing you're weighing all that up at the time um but yeah look I think every parent has to figure this out mm. and they they'll figure out like I think anybody that I kind of said to Carl like I'll go back into the hospital and I'll see what other people do and what other like what are the other mums do and the dads do and um they're all saying the same like look you do find your way like there will be different Mm. ways of doing things we are very lucky like we have got family around us that can pull in and rein in um 
but you you just you need them for me yeah I I want them as who they are like I want granny Mm. as granny we both want granny as granny you know we want them as those people um and it's great having them as a backup but I just we don't think it's fair either to have them as Mm. full-time people Mm. it's also because if you want to have a night out and they've had them during the week yeah (laughs) so like selfishly um but no we're very very lucky we've got plenty of family that can roll in um but we just want something a bit more concrete I suppose Mm. um moving forward yeah and honeymoon with a baby and a dog oh 100 we did we did a we did a mini one um but no it looked fab it was quiet it was lovely and it's just what we needed carl needed a bit of switch off time so we we got that in um we're looking for something now further afield um maybe angie going we're not 100 sure yeah we're trying to figure those particulars out but um also if she doesn't come with me i don't know how i'll be but yeah We'll figure that out as well it's another layer isn't it <laughs> but your pictures of the wedding and everything looked absolutely stunning yeah, it great... and it looked full of just happiness and it was a great day it really was yeah yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely gorgeous best of luck with week three thank you I'll let you know how I get on <laughs> um I think it was really it was I wasn't expecting you to tell me what you told me today. It wasn't, it wasn't on, it, it wasn't something I knew about you. It yeah. wasn't the reason that I asked you to be on. Yeah. Um, it's really important to say those things. And it's really important for women listening to know that if they're feeling it, that they're not the only ones. And it's really yeah. important to know that if anybody is following you or Carl, and might assume or anybody else that what they see is what it is every hour of every day it isn't yeah it isn't um there are so many things that can floor us along the way that haven't even happened yet that we don't even know what's coming and if I've taken anything from those first few weeks in motherhood it's that like you have to call it when you're about to crack because if we fall we take them down with us and we yeah. have to be as strong as we possibly can for our little people. And no one teaches us that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people have to experience that to be able yeah. to, to say that. And um, there's been a couple of my friends as well that have had their babies and they're going through the whole breastfeeding thing. And there's some of them are struggling. Some of them are doing okay. And off the back of me being there now and coming out of, of what I've been through as well, I just keep saying to them it's like you're the important one now mm. like that's that is all like you've brought this baby into the world there's plenty of people to look after this baby you need to look after yourself um and that's what I'm all about I'm all about the mom looking after mm. themselves or the dad whoever is in that newborn stage they need to look after themselves because it's hard it's tough and it's isolating it's fantastic at times but it can also be the other way and we don't know we're allowed to yeah I think that's the harder part and that's what I was saying to Carl a lot of my I, a lot of what actually drove me deeper and down lower was divulging it I couldn't divulge I felt embarrassed um, and then building myself up to tell people this is how I'm feeling and this is where I'm at with it that actually I would sleep then for ages after because I actually it took so much out of me mm-hmm. um, to say how actually how deep I actually was and how low I actually was um but once you said it and then you, you let the people know that you needed to let know, they rein in around you. And I think you, you figure out who you need to let know mm-hmm. fairly quickly. 
um, and they rein in around you very quickly. And that's that's what's needed then. And it's something that's happening to you. It's not you, the mother. It's not who yeah. you are as a mother. Not who you are. Yeah. And that's probably the phase that I'm at now that I'm trying to step out of the mind. Like, yes, I was in that phase, but I'm now at the phase of, oh, how do people perceive me out of that? And I also mm. have to keep checking in with myself and being like, so what? So, so what? what? What they think? Do you know the way? I have who to are? keep checking like, myself. Yeah. And again, that's that self-compassion part coming back in um, and just kind of moving on with it. And I think that's also part of having a baby as well. You just kind yeah. of, you're like... <laughs> That stuff Girl, doesn't matter as it much. It doesn't matter as much. And you just check yourself out of it and off you go again. Yeah. I think girls and females in particular are very hard on themselves. And that's why we have to be self-compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's my little TED yeah. talk of the day. <laughs> no, listen, we need it. Yeah. We need it because we fall into these loops of competition and self-comparison. And we're not good enough and she's doing it better than I am and she's adjusting better than I am and I wanted this so much why is it not living up to the expectation of what I always dreamed of and thought I couldn't have like it's our heads work against us (laughs) at a time when our bodies are working the hardest they possibly can and we kind of need to just be a little bit more angie you kind of yeah. need, need to cuddle into the hip and, and yeah, yeah. you know get those yeah. get those really good hormones going and yeah yeah nest and dig those yeah. holes in the garden <laughs> don't encourage her to name dig but those yeah. holes <laughs> like climb inwards and look after the nest and forget about yeah. the world and just fix ourselves and big up ourselves and support ourselves and whatever it is that we need in the moment do it because it's hard enough when you have to like if you were going back to work now and you hadn't have gone through the process of of healing yourself and talking about it and fixing yourself because life keeps coming yeah oh I'd crash further I think yeah it doesn't get easier yeah yeah it doesn't get easier we have and I'm just disappointed if if there's still a feeling that we can't say it out loud like we should be at a place and a point where we feel really supported and safe to always say it out loud. And I'm, I'm delighted to hear that at least that public health nurse saw it, like said yeah. it and got yeah. you there. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very, like, I'm very thankful to Julie. <laughs> She's great. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sinead. It was lovely chatting to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and to Water Wipes, the world's purest baby wipes for their support. Proven to be purer than cotton wool and water, Water Wipes are made with just two ingredients and are 100% biodegradable, plastic-free and compostable wipes. So you can do what's best for your baby's skin and help protect the planet. If you enjoyed this conversation, subscribe, rate or leave a review, share this episode across social and get in touch with this week's guest, a Kalu 89 on Instagram.